Hey family, I am back. I missed you guys. Listen, on the Sabbath day, the Lord rested, so I had to rest, okay? (laughs) But I'm so glad to be back. I'm so glad to have all you as my brothers and sisters. Let's bow our head in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come boldly, yet humbly to your throne of grace, Lord. I pray that you just give us the wisdom, the understanding, and the knowledge, Father, to hear what your words are saying, Father. I pray that you just increase as I decrease, Father. I take the flesh out of it, Lord, and I humble myself to you. I submit myself to you, Father, to hear what you say, Father. I plead the blood of Jesus over my brothers and sisters, over this episode, and over myself, Lord. I bind up any evil distraction, any evil doer, any hindrance, any distraction in the name of Jesus. I cast it down and I set fire to it, Lord. And that is in Jesus' mighty name that I pray. Amen. Okay, let's go to Matthew chapter 6. Starting at verse 19. Don't store up your treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also be. For your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. So let's look up the definition of enslaved. And that means cause someone to lose their freedom of choice or action. For this example, right, being enslaved to money, money is your idol because you're giving up your freedom in Christ. To let money have a power over you. You get what I'm saying, family? Money has the power over you. So God is no longer your God. Now, money is your lowercase g God. And the same with your possessions. If your possessions own you, that's your idol. That's your God. So God is no longer your God. This is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly father feeds them. Okay, family, homework, homework. Look out your window. Next time you driving, next time you in the car, next time you just outside or you looking outside, okay? Look at the birds. And just say this to my father. Well, our father. I'm sorry. I ain't being stingy. Say this to your father. 
they do not plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. And say this also, and aren't I more valuable to him than a bird? Next time you see a bird, say that to yourself. That's homework, family. Can all of your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautiful as they are. And if God cares wonderfully for the wildfathers that are here, wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So next time you see a flower, ask yourself, why do I have so little faith? Whatever worry is in your mind, look at that flower and be like, why do I have so little faith if God cares about this flower? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything that you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow brings its own worries. Today's troubles is enough for today. So fam, we seek God first, and everything else will be added on to us. We're seeking him first. Because remember Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Go look that up because he has plans for you. He says that eyes have not seen, nor ears have heard, nor that thoughts can imagine all the things that he has prepared for you. I'll give you that scripture later. Matter of fact, I'll give it to you now because, listen, let's, let's see. First Corinthians two and nine. Look that up. So he knows the plans that he has for you. We do not know our plans that the Lord has because he says for he knows the plans that he has for us. So if we're seeking him and we're seeking his ways, everything he has planned for us will be added on to us. But just seek God. And I'm not saying to seek God because you want to use him and be a gold digger. Seek him because he died for you. Seek him because he he said you are worth dying for. Seek him because of that. Okay? Look. Let's go to Matthew 5. And let's start at verse 1. One day, as he saw the crowds gathering, Jesus went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples gathered around him, and he began to teach. God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him. When he says poor, also poor in the spirit. You get what I'm saying? Like, you you, you know that I need you, Lord. I need you. It's a blessing in knowing that you need the Lord. You know, when you're like, Lord, I can't do this on my own. This life is so hard. I don't know who I am. It's a blessing in being able to say, God, I don't know who I am. Please show me. It's a blessing in that. 
for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who are hungry, hunger and thirst for justice. Hold on there. For they will be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. God blesses those who per are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. Family, we are in it together. We are one body. We all are suffering for Christ's sake. Okay, family? We all remember when I go check out that song Healed by Brian T. I put it in the description box. I think the episode is titled Be Healed. And he says, I used to suffer for the wrong things in life. It's only right I learned to suffer for Christ. Listen, I'd rather be a pleasing living sacrifice for my Lord than a sacrifice than, than to be um suffering for the the enemy. Like I'd rather suffer for the Lord because we only had the knowledge between good and evil. And I want to suffer for the Lord, okay? You are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it's lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. Example, when we when you go to a restaurant, ain't there always salt sitting on that table? Salt is a staple, okay? Okay, because it you be like, mm, this needs something. And would it be? It be salt. Listen. We we are what makes this earth good. It's us. We make this earth good. We are the salt of this earth. Okay, family? You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Listen, be the good in this terrible world. Be the light. Be like, let somebody be like, it's just something about them. Let them see your light. Look, remember that song, This Little Light of Mine? I'm going to let it shine. Listen, start saying that to yourself. This little light of, listen, I ain't going to hit y'all with the vocals. I ain't going to do that. <laughs> but just be in your car singing it to yourself. Let that light shine, okay? It extinguishes the darkness. Teaching about the law. Don't misunderstand why I have come. I did not come to abolish the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. No, I came to accomplish their purpose. I tell you the truth. Until heaven and earth disappear, not even the smallest detail of God's law will disappear until its purpose is achieved. So if you ignore the least commandment and teach others to do the same, 
you will be called the least in the kingdom of God. But anyone who obeys God's laws and teaches and teaches them will be called the called great in the kingdom of heaven. But I warn you, unless your righteousness is better than the righteousness of the teachers of the religious laws and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Family. Jesus is the way. He came down here to show us he is the way to the Father. He gave us the Holy Spirit to be able to abide by his law. Okay? He he came down here to show us the power in his name. He came down here to show us um, what else? That we were worth dying for. You get me, family? He came here so you can have the Holy Spirit lead you into all truth. He's the only way to the Father. We can never get it right ourselves. Go read the Old Testament. We cannot get it right ourselves. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. And when he's talking about the Pharisees, do not be a hypocrite. Hold on. Okay. Hold on, hold on, family. I just heard him say something to me. Hold on. Let's go to... Mark 8, 15. So we're going to come back to Matthew 5. Okay, we're going to come back. And let's go to Mark Okay, hold on. I'm so sorry, family. Give me a second. Ah, my thing is going haywire. Is Mark? Okay, let's not go to Mark eight fifteen. Hold on. Okay, Matthew sixteen six, I believe. Hold on, family. Hold on, fam. I'm hold on. I'm right here, family. I'm right here. Your girl is just looking for this verse. Lord, give me the verse, Father.
right, hold on, fam. We're actually about to go to this chapter, too. God, you're so good. <laughs> I be sitting here, and he be like, the answer's right in front of your face. <laughs> uh, it says, do not judge others. Do not judge others. So we're at Matthew 7, starting verse 1. Well, now we're at verse 2. For you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. And why worry about expecting your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of the speck in your friend's eye, the speck in your eye, when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite. First, get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Don't waste what is holy on people who are unholy. Don't throw your pearls to the pigs. They will be trampled. They will trample upon the pearls, and they will turn their back to attack you. So hold on, family. Hold on. It's, it's another verse. That's um, Mark 7, starting at verse 15. Okay, now let's keep, let's read. Let's just read how these, these Pharisees acted. One day, some Pharisees and teachers, so we're going to start verse 1. And teachers of religious law arrived from Jerusalem to see Jesus. They noticed that some of his disciples failed to follow the Jewish ritual of hand washing before eating. The Jews, especially the Pharisees, do not eat until they have poured water over their cupped hands as required by their ancient traditions. Similarly, they don't eat anything from, mar- from the market until they immerse their hands in water. This is one of many traditions they have clung to, such as their ceremonial washing of cups, pitchers, and kettles. So the Pharisees and the teachers of religious law asked him, why don't your disciples follow your age-old tradition, follow our age-old tradition? They eat without first performing the hand-washing ceremony. Jesus replied, you hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied it about you, for he wrote, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship, their worship is a is farce, for they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. So let's look up the definition of farce real quick, fam. And if, listen, if you know the word, if you know it, this is why I need you. An absurd event. So it says, another definition is a comic dramatic work using buffoonery and horseplay, and typically including crude characterization and ludicrousy and probable situations. So it's an observed event. So basically he's saying, like, your worship is absurd, for you teach man-made ideas as commands from God. For you ignore God's laws and substitute your own traditions. Then he said, you skillfully sidestep God's law in order to hold on to your own traditions, 
For instance, Moses gave you this law from God. Honor your father and mother and anyone who speaks disrespectfully of a father or mother must be put to death. But you say it is all right for people to say to their parents, sorry, I can't help you for I have vowed to give to God what I would have given to you. And this way you let them disregard their needy parents. And so you cancel the word of God in order to hand down your own traditions. And this is the only one example. And this is only one example among many others. Then Jesus called to the crowd to come and hear. All of you listen, he said, and try to understand. It's not what goes into your body that defiles you. You are defiled by what comes from your heart. Then Jesus went into the house to get away from the crowd. And his disciples asked him what he meant by the parable he had just used. Don't you understand either? He asked. Can't you see the food you put in your stomach, put into your body, cannot defile you? Food doesn't go into your heart, but only passes through the stomach, then goes into the sewer. See, Jesus is so deep. By saying this, he declared that every kind of food is acceptable in God's eyes. And then he added, it's what comes from inside that defiles you. From, for far, from, oh my goodness, for far, for from within out of a person's heart come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, idolatry, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these vile things come from within. They are what defiles you. So then let's go back to Matthew 5.21. Where he said, but I warn you, unless your righteousness is better than the righteousness of the teachers of the religious laws and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. People, now we just, we just go back and read those verses again. We just realize, we just see how the Pharisees would come and put their own little twist onto what God said. They would come here and say, um, you know, like they were hypocrites. Like you would say one thing, but you would do another. But what they would say out their mouth would show that you're really not close to God. Because it's not about what you take in that defiles you. We're in a world where they want to defile us. We could turn on the TV and they're trying to defile us. But it's what you allow to come out your mouth that defiles you. Because that's really how you feel. You feel me, family? What is that Bible verse? Hold on, fam, because we got another Bible verse. Um, it says, those who control their, this is Proverbs 13, 3. Those who control their tongue will have a long life. Opening your mouth can ruin everything. People will add so much stuff other than what God said. Or people will say something so humanly. And you never tapped into spiritualize what the Lord is saying. So a lot of the time we'll take the Bible for face value instead of going to the Lord and asking him, what did you say? And then we'll go teach humanly teachings to people when God never said that. You slandering him because he never meant it like that. But you took it at a face value. So let's go back to verse. 
21. You have heard that our ancestors were told, you must not murder. If you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. But I say, if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, you are in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you are in danger of the fires of hell. So if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar, go and be reconciled to that person, then come and offer your sacrifice to God. When you are on the way, when you are on your way to court with your adversary, settle your differences quickly. Otherwise, your accuser may hand you over to the judge who will hand you over to an officer and you will be thrown into prison. And if that happens, you surely won't be free again until you have paid the last penny. So let's look up the definition. That's talking about because I, I got to get out the word I want to say. Forgive. Forgive. The word does say that do not let the do not let the sun go down on your anger. That is true. You will get angry. But forgive. Let's look at what the definition of forgive means. Forgive means stop feeling angry or resentful towards someone for an offense, flaw, or mistake. Cancel a debt. When you forgive, you have to stop being angry. Stop being angry. The Lord said vengeance is his. Okay? Hold on. I think my puppy is in the bathtub, y'all. Hold on. <laughs> I just hear something slipping and sliding. Mercy, get out the tub. Come here. Hold on, Sam. <sighs> the enemy got to use somebody. Don't, he don't care what he use. He just got to use something. I'm sorry, Sam. Listen, this is real life. Okay? Real life. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay, let's go down to verse 27. You have heard the command that says, you must not commit adultery. But I say anyone who even... Mercy! No! Stop! But I say anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So if your eye, even your good eye, causes you to lust, gorge it out and throw it away. It is better for you. Listen, fam, don't be gorging out your eyes. <laughs> now, don't be, I don't want to hear nobody saying, I heard on Within Her Beauty that she said we need to go. Eh, eh, no, no. Take it back to the Lord, Okay. <laughs> No, do not gauze your eye out, okay? <laughs> and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your hand, even your strong hand, causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole hand to be thrown into hell. Family, listen. Bind up that spirit of lust. Don't cut your head off. Don't be saying that either. Do that, okay? Bind up that spirit of lust and cast it down to the pit. Go back to the episode War Mode and cast down that spirit of lust in the name of Jesus by the power of God, okay? Teaching about divorce. You have heard the, 
heard the law that says a man could divorce his wife by merely giving her a written notice of divorce. But I say that a man who divorces his wife, unless she has been unfaithful, causes her to commit adultery. And anyone who remarries a divorced woman also commits adultery. Family, if you are seeking God in all your ways, if you're letting him align your paths, there's no need for a divorce. Because if you're seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added onto you, the Lord only can give you things that are good. Okay, fam? Okay, hold on. Let's talk about... Hold on. I heard him say something else. Let's go to Matthew 19, verse 8 real quick, and we'll come back to 33, Matt, 19, verse 8. Let, no, let's start at, let's start at verse 3. Some Pharisees came and tried to trap him with this question. Should a man be allowed to divorce his wife for just any reason? Haven't you read the scriptures? Jesus replied. They they recorded that from the beginning, God made them male and female. And he said, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. And the two are united into one. Since they are no longer two, but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. Then why did Moses say in the law that a man could give his wife a written notice of divorce and send her away? They asked Jesus. Jesus replied, though Jesus be so calm. They be testing his gangster. They really was like trying to test him. Like, yo, that's, listen, you don't have no excuse to, to not have the attitude of Christ. I was looking for the right word. We do not have the, the, we do not, because Jesus humbled himself. He was letting mere humans test his gangster. You know, listen. Jesus replied, Moses permitted divorce only as a concession to your hard hearts, but it was not what God had originally intended. And I tell you this, whoever divorces his wife and remarries someone else commits adultery unless his wife has been unfaithful. Jesus' disciples then said to him, if this is the case, it's better not to marry. Jesus said, not every, not everyone can accept this statement, Jesus said, only whom God helps. Some are born as eunuchs, some have been made eunuchs by others, and some choose not to marry. For the sake of the kingdom of heaven, let anyone accept this who can. Okay, listen, fam. <sighs> okay, hold on. It says, let no let no one split apart what God has joined together. When your heart is hard, 
that means you're not listening to the convictions of the Holy Spirit. The Lord, if, if the Lord is leading you away from someone and you continue to marry them, your heart was hard. So the divorce is the concession for your heart being hard. You get what I'm saying? What I'm saying? Like, God, like I said earlier, God can only do good. So he's not going to give you someone that he does not want you with till death do you part. You get what I'm saying? He's not going to lead you. He knows who he made for you. Adam knew Eve was his rib. He knew it. So that's what Jesus means by like the concession to your hard heart. Because some people do not follow the leading of the spirit and they'll go do what they think is right. And then they'll end up being with someone that was never for them. You know what I'm saying, family? Okay, let's go back to Matthew. What was we on? Matthew 5, verse 33. Teaching about vows, you have also heard that our ancestors were told, you must not break your vows. You must, you must carry out your vows you make to the Lord. But I say, do not make any vows. Do not say, by heaven, because heaven is God's throne. And do not say by the earth, because the earth is his footstool. And do not say by Jerusalem, for Jerusalem is the city of the great king. Do not even say by my head, for you can't turn one hair, white or black. Just say a simple yes, I will, or no, I won't. Any be- anything beyond this is from the evil one. Lord. A.K.A. You not grown. Stop acting like you're grown knowing what, your, what God is, what plans God has for you. You are not grown. You are not eternity years old, okay? Okay, you just not have always existed. God is God. So what are you making a promise for and you don't even know what tomorrow holds? You don't even know what the next second holds. So how can you be making a promise? Anything else? Yeah, that's from the evil one. That's that pride. Because you think that you think that you have more control than what you do. So we just can't stay down. Teaching about revenge. You have heard the law say that the punishment must match the injury. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other cheek also. If you are sued in court and your shirt is taken from you, give your coat too. If a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it two miles. Give th- to those who ask and don't turn away from those who want to borrow. Family, the Lord is saying, you know, we don't do evil for evil. Okay? Vengeance is the Lord. You know, you could be like, oh, I don't like the way that person looked at me. And then now you act in a whole food. No. Vengeance is the Lord. You let the Lord handle that. The Lord has a way of being able to get somebody way better than we do. Okay? Way better than we do. Vengeance is his, okay? But also, he does not want you to put yourself in a predicament to keep getting mistreated. He's a good God. He feels that he, he, you are to die for. He shed his blood on the cross for you. He, or you are more precious than him to him than rubies. You get what I'm saying? I know in that verse he's talking about wisdom. I know. But you are more precious to God than rubies are. Let's go to 
Romans 8, 31, verse 39 to 39 real quick. So hold on. Romans 8. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for for us, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us? If we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death, as the scriptures say, for your sake, we are we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loves us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the power of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God. That is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Okay. Is another one. Hold on. The Lord does not want his children to be mistreated. Okay? So do not let nobody mistreat you. Yes, you here turn the other cheek. Forgive. Always forgive. 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 Do not let anger take control of you. Do not let bitterness take control of you. But you deserve good. You deserve love. You deserve the love that is within the kingdom. You deserve that. And anybody that treats you otherwise, you can still love that person, but that doesn't mean that you have to let somebody beat you down. Let's go to Psalms 105. Verse 15. He says, do not touch my chosen people and do not hurt my prophets. Another another version says, touch not my anointed and do my prophet no harm. Okay? Vengeance is the Lord. The Lord got your back. You just forgive and you give it to the Lord. 
Okay, let's go back to Matthew 5. We're back at Matthew 5, starting at verse 43. You have heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that, but you are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Listen. Jesus said you perfect, even as your father in heaven is perfect. Okay. But besides that family, it's so much power in forgiving and loving your enemy. Because you know why? You're weak. And his power works best in your weakness. When you're able to allow to when you allow the Lord to come into your heart. And, and change it and mold it into his heart. You get to see his power in that. You know, you get to see, you get to see how once you were blind, but now you can see. You get to understand more deeply the love that Christ has for the church. Because we all have done things for the Lord to stay angry at us and send us to hell, but he don't. His love, listen, he got that First Corinthians chapter 13 love. That is true love. Okay. Allow the Lord to love you so you can learn how to love others. Okay. Okay. Maria, what's next? Let's go to Matthew 7. Okay. Let's go because we just read. We just read that. So let's go to effective prayer. Verse 7. Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. You parents, if your children ask you for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if your sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask Him? Family, we naturally think gifts, right? You know what? I want to I wanna bring another Bible verse. Hold on. 
Y'all hear that? I'm sorry, y'all. Let's go to Luke 11 and 9. It says, so if you sinful people, let's start at verse 13. So Luke 11, starting at verse 13. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Ask for the Holy Spirit. It leads you into all truths. Seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Everything else will be added onto you. Ask for the Holy Spirit. Will he not give it to you? He just said up here. He said, you fathers, if your children ask you for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if us simple people can give our kids good gifts, why would God not give us the Holy Spirit if we ask him for it? Why would he not give us the truth if we ask him for it? You get what I'm saying, family? If you're asking the Lord to lead you into all truth, why would he not? If we can give good gifts, why would he not give us the truth? Why would he not show us good? Okay, fam, let's go back to Matthew 7. The golden rule, do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. Yeah, look, he just summed it all up. Do to others what you would like them to do to you. That's it. Treat people the way you want to be treated. But you know what the number one commandment is, right? Love the Lord with all your heart, all your might, and all your soul. And then love your neighbor as you love yourself. So learn to love yourself so you can learn how to treat others because then you know how to treat yourself. Does that make sense, family? Because once you really, truly allow the Lord to show you how much he loves you, you begin to love yourself on a deeper level, which means you can you can love others on a deeper level and then you could treat others the way they need to be treated because that's the way you want to be treated follow the leading of the lord let him show you how much you mean to him the narrow gate you can enter god's kingdom only through the narrow gate the highway to hell is broad and his gate is wide for the many who choose that way but the gate to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. Okay, hold on. Let's go to hold on, family. 
Hold on, fam. I am looking for... I was just on it, and I just can't hold on, bro. Help me. Okay, let's go to Matthew 8, verse 18. Okay, no, family, that's not it. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Hold on, family. Okay, fam. I'm so sorry. Listen, I am following the leading, and then I be thinking I'm grown, and I be like, oh, I, and then I, I be like, that wasn't it. <laughs> and I, when I surrender to God, and I'm like, Lord, you show me. That's when we flow. But when I'm like, oh, I know the answer, and He's like, okay, you know the answer, and I'm like, yeah, I do. And then I go look, and then I be like, God, you know the answer. <laughs> Listen, follow his leading, okay? Because he will lead you to all truth. Um, go to Luke 14, starting at verse 25. And this is the narrow gate he's going to tell you. A large crowd was following Jesus. He turned around and said to them, if you want to be my disciple, you must by comparison hate everyone else. Your father, your mother, your wife, and your children, brothers and sisters, yes, your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. Now, family, he not he's talking about you cannot love somebody more than him. You have to love him more than you love anybody else. Okay? So let's go to, because we want to come right back to this. Luke. Let's go to Matthew ten thirty seven. Let's start at verse 34. Don't imagine that I came to bring peace to the earth. I came not to bring peace, but a sword. I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Your enemies will be right in your own household. If you love your father or mother more than you love me, you are not worthy of being mine. Or if you love your son or daughter more than me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. Anyone who receives you receives me. And anyone who receives me receives the Father who sent me. If you receive a prophet as one who speaks for God, 
you will be given the same reward as a prophet. And if you perceive righteous people because of their righteousness, you will be given a reward like theirs. And if you give even a cup of cold water to one of the least of my followers, you are surely to be rewarded. So that's what he means by like, if you're not willing to give up your lifestyle that you think that it that you that you think is yours to find your life in him, you're not worthy to be his. If you want to cling on to the life that you think that is yours and you don't want to give it up, you are not worthy of being his. You will lose it. He said, but if you give up your life for me, you will find it. Because then guess what? After you begin to find your life in Christ, you are able to um, love others. You are able to be like Christ. You get what I'm saying? You are. You can die to yourself. You can die to sin because you will be raised to life with Christ. Sin puts you in a spiritual death. But if you live, Jesus was the example of life. That's why our life is in Christ, because he is the example of life. Okay, fam? So let's go back to... Oh, Lord. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. Um, Luke 14. Let's go back to that. And let's go to verse. Twenty eight. But don't begin until you can you count the cost for who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it. Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money and then everyone will laugh at you. They will. They would say, "There's the person who started that building and couldn't afford to finish it." Or, what king will go to war against another king without first sitting down with his counselor to discuss whether his army of ten thousand could defeat the twenty thousand soldiers marching marching against him? And if he can't, he will send delegation to discuss terms of peace while the enemy is still far away. So you cannot become my disciple without giving up everything you own. Salt is good for seasoning, but if you if it loses its flavor, how do you make it salty again? Flavorless salt is good neither for soil nor for the manure pile. It is thrown away. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Family, examine your life and really see, like, is this the life that God had planned for me? Or is this the life I chose for myself? You know? Begin to get to know the Lord. And and really see for yourself, is it worth giving up the life you think is yours? Because remember he, he said, if you cling on to his, your life, you will lose it. But if you give your life up for him, you shall find it. So think about it. Am I am I am I ready to surrender all of my life? Because you can't you can't be lukewarm. You can't be hot nor cold. 
You either have to be hot or cold. Am I willing to surrender what I think is mine to receive what really is mine? Or am I going to hold on to this? So let's go back to Matthew 7. And we're going to go to verse 15. Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep, but are really vicious wolves. You can identify them by their fruit. That is why, by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit, and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot produce good fruit. So if every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire, yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. What is that saying? If someone shows you who they are, believe them. Pray for them. Pray, pray the Lord bless them. But if someone shows you who they are, believe it. That you can identify them by their fruit. If their fruit, if they are have wickedness, if they're sexually immoral. If they're got foul speech, believe that. Believe it. That's who they are. A bad tree cannot produce good fruit. We we went over the fruits of the spirit in the previous podcast. It was like the podcast that got Galatians 5. I believe that's Galatians 5. Let me let me check. Bam. Side listen. Yes, the one that is, yep, the one that has Galatians 5 in it. Just go back to that podcast, and that is the fruit family. This is about to cut off. I've been talking and talking, but we. I will see you on the next side. I plead the blood of Jesus on y'all. The next episode will be right after this. This is like part I don't know. I love y'all family. See y'all there. Bye.